beautiful day. Sunday. Sunday is this what? March 4th, 5th, 2023. Today is another good day. I dropped in. This is Archie Perlick, my biblical principles for inner healing. And I dropped in today to say, is your soul, what is it your soul? What is your soul anchored to? Is your soul anchored to the Lord? Or is your soul anchored to the Lord? We gotta, we're going to dig into this. One second, one minute, one moment. But we're going to pray first. You guys already know. Father, we just thank you for being here in the midst of us, amongst us. Thank you, Lord God, for teaching us and revealed our members to you, Father God. Let your word uh, give us a rhyme of word, a revealed word, and give us wisdom to know how to do the word that you revealed to us. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. I'm not going to be here for the second, but I had to stop and drop in and ask the question, what is your soul anchored to? The Bible tells us that we need to, our soul need to be, uh, we need to be anchored in the Lord like a tree that's planted by the water, like a tree that's planted by the rivers of the water. When your, when our soul is anchored, when our mind, will, and emotions, when we love the Lord our God with all our heart, our mind, our soul, that's when our soul is anchored to the Lord. Um, when we love God more than we love ourselves, when we love what God wants more than we want, what we want, that's when our emotions, our affections are anchored in the Lord. Colossians tells us to set our affections on things above, not on things below. Set our affections on things above, which are eternal, not on things below, which are temporal, on things which are eternal. God is eternal. Things in heaven is eternal. It's going to last forever. But things on this earth is temporal. They're subject to change. They're going to fade. They're going to rust. They're going to must. They're going to go back to dust, right? So I don't know about you, but I want to set my affections on God above because he doesn't change. He changes not. God is truth. His word is our absolute truth. He's a sure somebody. We can depend on him, count on him every second, every minute, every moment, every hour of our day. In Jesus' name, right? I'm going to go with God. I'm going to stick with God. I don't know about you, but I'm going to stick with him. I'm going to go with him. I'm going to live for him. And so, um... Now that we got that settled and out the way, is your soul anchored in the Lord? When our soul is anchored in the Lord, when the storms of life come, we won't fall apart. We won't come, we won't come up off of the word. We'll continue to walk by faith. We'll continue to say what God say. Is our soul anchored in the Lord? I told someone once when um um when I when when what I was wanting, I didn't get what it was that I was wanting, and they were saying they felt so bad about it. I said, oh, it's okay, because my soul is not anchored to this world. It's not anchored to anything in this world. My, my confession is, if it didn't happen, then that wasn't meant to be. That wasn't mine, because whatever God has for me, it really is for me. Can't nothing or nobody outbid you. Can't nothing or nobody take it from you. It doesn't matter how gifted or talented they are. If, if what God, if that's what God has for you, it is for you. It's yours. It's yours. It's yours. How many of you know that God is not withholding any good thing from us? He gave us His only begotten Son. What else is there that He will not freely give us? Right? God is not trying to keep anything good from us. God is good, and you know Anthony Brown and and, um, and uh, Bishop Murphy—they've been singing that song. Something good, something good, something good. I don't know about you, but that's prophetic for me. Something good is happening right now. Right now, the fact that God woke us up this morning 
means that he has something good in store for us. And anything good that you see is all because of our God that's good, right? And anything good that's happening to me, anything that's good that's happening to you is all because of our God that's good. We need to give God, who is so good, some honor, some glory, and some praise in Jesus' name, right? Because something good, God's goodness and his mercy is following us again today this day in Jesus' name. So keep looking for the good in your day so you can see God's goodness throughout your day. So how do we anchor our soul in the Lord? Well, Proverbs tells us, I mean, Colossians tells us, I believe it's Colossians, he says, um, whatsoever you do in word or deed, to do it as unto the Lord Jesus Christ, right? And then he goes on to say, for the wise man, he built his house on the rock. But it, and, 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 a, and a foolish man, he built his house on the sand. And so when the storms of life came, great was the fall of the man who built his house on the sand. So what are you saying? What are you saying, Lord? But when we build our life on the doctrine on, and on our relationship, on the word of God, um, that's how we're, we're building our house on the rock. Well, how do we build? Remember I say when you read the word, look for the verb. So build, the word build there, that's the verb. So how do we build? Well, we build every time we do what he say, we're building. <laughs> every time we do follow his word, every time we're obedient to what he say, every time we bless those that curse us, every time we feed our enemies, every time we give an, a, a soft answer to turn away the wrath, every time we do what God say do, we're building. Be ye doers of the word and not hearers only, lest you deceive yourself. For it's the wise man who built his house on the rock. It was the foolish man that built his house on the sand. The foolish man, he built his house on what he could see. He built his house on what the world said. He built his house on what he felt like. He wasn't walking by faith. He was walking based upon his own wisdom, based upon his own five senses. That's what the foolish man was doing. So he was not building. He was not building on a solid foundation. And when we build our life on the American dream, and we build our life on the doctrines of this world, on the doctrines of devils, on the doctrines of demons, neither do we build our life on the rock. What are, what are you standing on? What is your foundation? Because Christ's foundation is a sure foundation. God's foundation is a sure foundation. He is our rock, our refuge, our hiding place, right? He is our Jehovah Jireh, our Jehovah Rapha, our Jehovah Nisi, our Jehovah Kiskanu. He is I am. He is the I am. It's whatever you need him to be. That's who he can be, right? This is who, when we're building our lives on the word of God, we're anchoring our soul in the word of God. When we're building our life on the will of God, when we're saying, listen here, I'm, I'm in it to win it. I'm in it to become a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ. I don't want to just be a churchgoer. It's not enough for me. I don't want to just serve him on Sunday. I want to serve him Monday through Sunday, Sunday through Monday through Saturday, but about every single day, every single day, all throughout the day. This is my lifestyle. Being a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ, that must be our everyday lifestyle. Are we religious? Or do we are is it religion or relationship? Is it religion or is it relationship? Relationship, relationship, relationship. Is our soul anchored in the Lord? 
or is our soul anchored in our own resources? Is God Jesus our Lord or is mammon our Lord? You know, how can you tell when Jesus is your Lord and when money is your Lord? Because money has a voice, right? It's called the deceitfulness of riches. And riches will say to us, if I had more of you, I would be happy. See, if I had more of you, I wouldn't have any problems. Even though, you know what, money is the answer to all natural things. It pays your gas, your electric, your water. It can, it can handle some things in this world. But money can't give you joy. I'm not speaking against it. We need it because that's what we need. To, we need money so we can help other people, right? But what I'm trying to tell you is when it's your Lord, when mammon is your God, Jesus said you can't serve them both. He said you can't serve them. He didn't say you couldn't have them both. He said you couldn't serve them both. What is it to serve it? When we love money, we lie, cheat, still kill to get it, right? When we love money, it controls our attitudes. It controls our behavior. You ever see people like that? When they don't have money, they're not nice people. And when they don't have money, it, it affects their whole personality. This is how you can tell when someone loves money. This is how you can tell when their soul is anchored to man. This is how you can tell. You know what? Money is not supposed to make us. We're supposed to make the money, right? God says he's given us the power to get the wealth. Everything that we need to succeed is on the inside of us. We got the wisdom of God. We, we got the wisdom of God. We got the wisdom of God. We walk in the integrity of God. And don't worry about those who think they get over on you because you can't get over. Trying to get over on a child of God is like you saying you've gotten over on God. Um, so bless those who think that they've cursed you. Bless those who think that they've manipulated you. Bless those who think that they was just being deceitful by you. Because in the end, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, it's working together. It's going to all work together. God is the God of justice. He's going to reward your obedience. There's a reward attached to your obedience, right? You, you guys, you know about this. You, you reward your kids. The school give your kids rewards for attendance. They give kids all kinds of rewards and trophies for different things. They're, what are they doing? They're rewarding their obedience. They're awarding their behaviors. They're rewarding their gifts, their talents. Uh, got a science award or whatever it is. Well, God, he rewards obedience. There's a promise attached to his word. He said, listen here, if you do this, this is what's going to happen. If you bless those that curse you, if you pray for those that despitefully use you, it's going to make you better and not bitter. For we are not ignorant of the devil's devices. Unforgiveness is, you cannot have bitterness. You can't, first of all, you can't have bitterness or unforgiveness without an offense, right? So be careful with that. Let go of those offenses. Let go. Quit taking everything to heart. Quit taking everything and making it about you. If it's a correction or a rebuke, suck it up and say, Lord, here I am. Forgive me. Help me to change. Show me how to do it better. How many of you know that it says godly soul working repentance under salvation? I don't know about you, but I, I got did not get saved to live the same kind of way. So I'm standing here before the Lord today again to this day saying, Lord, here I am, Lord, fix me. Right? It ain't about you trying to fix other people. It's about allowing God to fix me. When that attitude ain't right, Lord, um, I think on what's over things are lovely, what's over things are good, what's over things are praiseworthy, what's over things are good reports. These are the things the Word of God tells us to think on. Don't you know that a bad attitude comes from having bad thoughts? We 
got to cast down those evil imaginations, like First Corinthians 10 tells us. Cast down those evil imaginations and those thoughts that exalt itself against the knowledge of God. Those thoughts are not my thoughts. When, Because whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are good, whatsoever things are praiseworthy, you know, love thinketh no evil. So when I'm sitting up and I'm thinking evil about something or someone, those aren't God's thoughts because love thinketh no evil. Love, God is not thinking evil thoughts about you. Those thoughts that you're having, those are demonic activity. Those, I'm not talking about discerning a spirit. But even in that, when God shows us something, it's so we can do something. When he shows you something, say, Lord, what do you want me to do with this? You might say, well, you need to go on and bless him. You need to go on and bless them. Because why? He told us to bless those that curse. But they curse me, Lord. Yeah, and I need you to go bless them. This is what I'm telling you, because in doing these things, you're going to eat hot coals of shame on their head. I need to treat them opposite to how they treat you, because when you treat them opposite to how they treat you, that's when they see the God in you. He's called us to be the light of the world, the salt of the earth. We are ambassadors for the Lord Jesus Christ, and we're called to live Christ. It doesn't matter. It doesn't have anything to do with how we feel. It doesn't have anything to do with what we want. Right? We're crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ that liveth in me. In the life I now live, I live by faith in what Jesus, in the Son of God, and what Jesus already done, right? It's finished. It's a done deal. Now the Lord is saying, those who are the sons of God are led by the Spirit of God. I tell you what, let's just follow His lead. Because everything we need to succeed is inside. How about that? I'm getting ready to end it here. You guys, what is your soul? Our soul must be anchored in the word of God. When our soul, when we love him with all our heart, our mind, and our soul, obedience is made easy when you love Jesus. Obedience is because you don't want to hurt people that you love, right? You don't want to hurt people that you love. You want to be respectful and kind to them and gentle and patient and long-suffering with people that you love. You want to be quick to forgive people that you love, right? Jesus understood this principle. That's why he said, bless those that curse you. He did the Beatitudes. When he was on the cross, he said, Father, forgive them. Because guess what? They don't even know what they're doing. They don't even realize that they're being used by the devil. They don't even realize, Ephesians 6 and 12, that they're not wrestling against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers, and rulers of the darkness. They don't even know that the devil, who's the God of this world, is going still and told them to do what they do. They don't know. They don't know because I've done nothing wrong to them. They don't even have a reason not to like me. They don't even understand why they don't like me. It's the devil in them that's keeping them from liking me. But I understand it because I understand. I am the redeemer. Jesus Christ came to be the redeemer. He knew why they was acting the way they was acting. He said, Father. He said, Father. Is there somebody you need to send? Is there somebody? Because they just know. You know they don't know. You know they don't have a relationship with Christ. You know they don't They don't understand the scripture. It wasn't even them, it was the devil using them. They don't even understand spiritual things. And so like Jesus said on that cross, Father, forgive them. Because they don't even know. They don't know. They don't know. They don't know, Father. I have to say that to people when they think they're being deceitful. Right? I have to say, Father, forgive them because they don't know. They don't even know. They don't know God, right? They don't know God. They don't believe the devil exists. They don't know the devil either, Father. But, but I'm aware of what's going on. So, Father, I ask that you bless them. I ask that the curses don't come on them. I ask that what they did to me that nobody will do to them, right? Because no weapon formed against me can prosper anyway, right? God was going to do 